Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. We often listen to music in a disconnected stream of different songs. The radio, DJs, playlists on shuffle, that's how they all work, doling out random artist after another. And we often listen on the go. Music barely ever gets our full attention, but it does on record time where we dive deep into some of the best albums ever recorded. So let's give a little time and our full mind over to the vision of a single musical artist. This week, that artist is Willie Nelson. The album is Red-Headed Stranger. And for those who like a liquid accompaniment to their active listening, we've paired this record with straight Jack Daniels. Maybe a little ice. How are you? Very well, Tim. <laughs> Partially thanks to the straight whiskey with ice. <laughs> it's a random hot day in the middle of October. Yeah. Um, so to be drinking uh, Jack Daniels on ice in a garage feels decidedly Texan to me. It feels about right to be talking about Willie Nelson. That's right. That's right. So it worked out. <laughs> yes. Uh, this album for me was an education Ooh. in many ways. Do tell. Well, um, I have long been a fan of the album Teatro. Oh, man. Yeah. And, um... That album, damn, that album. I mean, like, that's... That was one of my first beloved Willie Nelson albums, too. And yeah. And it's... I really wanted to... At first, I was going to put that in this slot. Okay. Because I wanted to do a country record. Yes. I wanted to do someone who I really loved in country that was more traditional country. Yeah. Willie Nelson's one of my favorite country performers, but I felt like Teatro was a little bit of a departure, and I mean, it's so good, and it should, it could take up a whole other episode, and others, and anyone who listened to and loved Redheaded Stranger, check out Teatro, he, it's his newer band, it's yeah. late 90s, uh, it's him and uh, Emmylou Harris right. singing a lot of harmony through the whole record and this beautiful sparse arrangement. It's a gorgeous record. Uh, it, is, it is bulletproof. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous from start to back and it's his, all his playing and the same guitar and we'll yeah. get to that. Yes. But, but uh, go back. So you, that was your like, well, first taste of it? And I really? hate to admit it, that was my first taste and really my only um, sort of stupidly biased against country as a genre um, mm -hmm. young uh, dumb ass was <laughs> I, I, I heard How did teatro you come up that? yeah well I, I just I don't know I, I I didn't I was predisposed to not to be like oh country countries that uh, you know, genre of music that occupies more radio stations than it should. And but what was it at the time that you had that opinion? It was like Travis Tritt and Faith Hill, and like the the it rise of this like pop country, without question. Yeah, without question. And and I just took that to be all there was, and that's right. that's Garth all I mean. Brooks. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, I don't know that much of it because I have I I mean I. Boot Scoot Boogie and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> right, right. So uh, so I heard Teatro, and this is how, you know, egocentric I was. It's like, oh, wow, Willie Nelson really figured out something good to do. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, so stupid of me. Right. Um, that I was able to sort of sink my teeth into that. And, and so this album, really, 
and, and I was content to sort of leave that where it was. Now, there's a couple songs off Shotgun Willie that I really like and um, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I found my way to him through other kinds of culture. I never found my way to him directly. Interesting. So, um, uh, you know, through movies and... and yeah, because um, he was around. Right, and TV shows. So he's woven himself into the culture of America in a lot of different ways. And this album, um, yeah. Redheaded Stranger, was a kind of a big part of him launching into the stratosphere. Yeah, this is a fascinating... So, so first fascinating thing for me was to realize that I'm an idiot and that he's been doing this all along for an extremely long time. And Teatro is just another seasoned edition, right. another perhaps slight evolution of it, yes. but it's really just his thing um, that is unique and gorgeous and an absolute American treasure. And, and I was just all wrong about it. I, and I, on, ex explorative, but still in yeah. his unique voice and his country voice. Yeah. I mean, Redheaded Stranger, Redheaded, not Teatro, Redheaded Stranger was his 18th album. Oh, right. That, when I read that, <laughs> so I listened to it, uh, for the first time to get ready for this episode. Awesome. I just had zero, I went, I'm zero to 60 on this album. And in hearing it, and then subsequently starting to read about it, when I discovered that it was his 18th album, I was like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. This is a typo. This is like a Wikipedia problem <laughs> that has been, you know, propagated. Then elsewhere. you went back through them. And, and I went like, back cool. through or, or just sort of read other sources on it and, and discovered obviously that it was true. Uh, it's astonishing. And, and that's to say nothing of the hits that he had written for other people. Right. Which was the source of his frustration. And, and um, you know, I, I had no idea, for instance, how much this album has uh, or how much his career mirrors Stevie Wonder's. Right. Which to me is one of the most huh. iconic musical careers there is. So in a, starting his career sort of in the mold. Yeah. Of their chosen genre and the market Yeah, to some extent, I, I would equate sort of Willie writing for other people with Stevie sort of singing what he was given to sing. But Willie also started out as a clean-shaven performer. Like, he, right. he fit the model of the mid to late 60s country right. singer. Which, which, is, which is sort of analogous to Motown and, and yeah, you know, the exactly. evolution that Stevie uh, became. Right. Um, so, so, yes, I, I mean, I, you know, I read that there was a movie made of this album. <laughs> And that they, that they made a movie of, I think, the plot of this concept album, right? The story of the redheaded stranger. Okay, I have a couple questions about that. Then. Well, <laughs> then we'll get to that. My, I think, and I don't think the album did very well. Am I wrong? I mean, the, No, uh, it was movie. a huge hit. The oh, movie, the movie did not. The movie, yeah. yeah. Movie was not well received. Yeah. Um, and I think they really missed the mark. Because I think if you wanted to make a movie, you should make a movie about how this record got made. Yeah. That is a movie that people would watch. Oh, interesting. And I would. We, and I would start it with the lullabies, which is insane to me. Uh, the fact that there are uh, the, the pillar tracks, the pillar stories, the violent yeah. stories that, frankly, have not aged particularly uh, well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In no. some ways. Right. Narratively, anyway. Well, there's just a big hole in there, but we'll get there. <laughs> right. Well, so to speak. <laughs> ah. um, you know, the... Uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, the, 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 he used to sing these songs to his children as lullabies. Yes. And then his wife at the time suggested... Oh, you should do this. ...that he, you know, flesh it out and turn it into a story. And they did that together. And all the amazing stories of how it was received by the record company. Yes. Um, uh, and know. then, But him also making specific creative decisions, mm -hmm. assertions of his own... Influence. Yeah. He 
um, had been part of the studio system, obviously, starting as a songwriter and then getting his own career as a performer going. Yeah. And he was basically peddled as another voice among the the traditional country commercial uh, roster. That's right. By the suits. By the suits. Within the community, though, I think he already had a reputation that was pretty strong as something else. Absolutely. Which and is then really as the, neat. As the 60s went on and... and individual voices like he was totally hipped out by Woodstock and, and yeah. hippies and jam music and yeah. you watch there's plenty of old awesome videos of his band in the 70s just psychedelically just it's like hillbilly psychedelic uh, awesomeness uh, Midnight Special yeah which is one of my favorite go-to's on YouTube anyway yeah. Midnight Special TV show oh yes days and days of wonderful wonderful performances you've from, sent me so many links yeah. from that show <laughs> yeah. they're, they're yeah. just astonishing and the Willie Nelson ones musicians. are great and he's shredded yeah um, so he made a creative decision when he made this album. Like, I'm not gonna not gonna use the studio players. Yeah, I'm not gonna do all the layering that was very popular then. Like, country music was very kind of tied up in a bow and and highly produced. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like a lot of that stuff, but there was still well, there's quality to plenty it. Plenty sure. of pop country stuff in the '70s yep. that is like schmaltzy and lacks edge. Yeah. And Willie said, I'm going to do this record with my band. I yeah. want it totally stripped down. Yeah. And it's just our, our, the, the band that I play with on the road that has been my band and yeah. me. And that's what we're going to do. And man, are they uh, together on this record. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the executives at, uh, what was it, Columbia by the time he was? Yes. I think that's Columbia. Yeah. So he had that stint with Atlantic that earned him the, the creative control, right? Because yeah. Atlantic, those Atlantic records are really cool. Those Atlantic records are kind of the next stage that I kind of found of his, like Shotgun Willie. Yeah. And so then he gets, based on the success of those, he gets that creative control clause. And this is the first thing he hands in. And they're like, this is a demo. <laughs> they called it a demo. Yeah, they did. Right. He's like, no, this is my band. And, yeah. this is and I, don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I understand why they said that. Yeah. But uh, he just had the courage of his convictions. He knew what the sound of this was. And uh, he said, well, this is the record. Uh, go ahead and put it out because I have creative control. So enjoy yourselves. Yeah. And they did because it w exploded. It was huge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I had no idea. I, can't, I'm, I feel like an idiot. But I'm delighted. It's like, when, it's like when you hear somebody hasn't seen, you know, uh, an amazing TV show that you love. Or you like know? Jaws. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but same year, by the way. <laughs> you haven't seen Jaws. No, no, no. Same year. Oh, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, well, and I feel like the Willie Nelson that I grew up with yeah. is the Willie Nelson that resulted from this record. Yes. The pop culture, just like dude that was around that yeah. you would see on TV or whatever. And he had his red, white, and blue guitar strap and he looked like a hippie and he sang on the road again. And I was like, that's a hoot. And for whatever reason, I knew about the whole outlaws thing, like wicked early, like Waylon Jennings yeah. doing the theme song to Dukes of Hazard yep. and having his own hits and Merle Haggard and their whole sort of outlaws thing. I don't know. It just permeated pop culture and he was there and yeah. then he did, uh, to all the girls I love before. Right. Which was a huge hit with Julio Iglesias in the early 80s. Right. And they started, we started to hear about how he wrote songs for Patsy Cline and then, and then, so he was just this pop culture, just like persona. Factory. Yeah. Yeah. But I, a lot of his stuff I wasn't really psyched about because I felt like a lot of it was that sort of overproduced mm -hmm. country pop kind of stuff where I'm like, I like this guy, but songs haven't really hit me that well until Teatro. And then I heard his playing and his band and his taste in a small 
stripped down setting, all in the same room, yeah, um, playing live, yeah. That I was just, I realized who he was as a player and as a musician. Yeah, and I'm a musician. I like players. I yeah. like players who have a voice through their instrument. And he, Willie's guitar trigger, same album on '75 Redheaded Stranger as on '97 Teatro. And everything moving forward. And everything mo- between and moving forward. Which, starting from, yeah. again, that, that's that's the through line of my movie I was talking about. I yes. mean, that guitar, that guitar is the star of the film. Yeah. Um, you sent me a link to uh, a little documentary, a brief documentary about Trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another piece of the Willie Nelson world that I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, that it was an, edu- an absolute education. I don't mean to overuse the word, but it's true. Um, and I will say this about Willie and his playing, uh, his voice and, and his guitar. Um, I do think that, that on the surface, I think it's easy to miss how incredibly good it is. Yes. Right? So it takes an album, I think, maybe selfishly, uh, like Teatro or Redheaded Stranger, and it takes a moment of your time. This, he, he's not going to hook you if you use him as background music. Yeah. Right? He, it's just, it'll just sit there. Active it, listening. Right, Active listening. right. And, and so really focusing in on it. And I listened to it a bunch of times in the last couple weeks to get ready for the show. And, and sometimes I was focused in on it and sometimes I wasn't. Um, and focusing in on it is a vastly more enjoyable performance. Indeed. It's yeah. fine wallpaper. Yeah, you can lose track of it though. Yeah. But if you want to give, it'll take every ounce of attention that you want to give to it. And And you'll get back what you give. Yeah. No question. Because this is uh, just, it's a painting. It's like an oil painting. Yeah. That is alive in front of you. Yeah. Um, And and it reflects, you know, things I've gone through, things I wonder about. And, And I think the repetition of themes and the pace at which, you know, chord progressions repeat themselves in different songs over different lyrics or, mm-hmm. or lyric progressions repeat themselves or entire verses repeat themselves, but under different keys and yes. you know, the, the, the structural ties from place to place in this very short album, yeah. 30, 34 minutes, 15 songs. Yeah. Um, they, they give you a sense of lost time. Like you lose track. I lost track for myself of how long I had even been listening and, and, and it, it allows a sort of a, I don't know, a transference of memories that, um, it, it is really, uh, an artistic vision. He's not just a musician on this album. He's not just a singer. That's really interesting. That's a great description. And you're right. He, it, the album hangs together as a whole. It's a concept album, yeah. uh, which is such a hoot. And the thing that's a hoot, there's a couple, again, even we, we, uh, address the suburbs. Yes. And by the way, how many times did you listen to the suburbs after we talked about it? I went back and listened to it a bunch. Um, oh, that night, a lot. <laughs> but then I kind of transitioned to getting ready for this album. Yeah, right. right. But it took me a little while to come down off that. Album. I had to peel off. I yeah. had to peel away. Yes, it, it was not a band aid. No. It was like, yeah, yeah. I needed to spend some time with it. But that's a concept album in one way, and I don't want to get obsessed about concept albums. Right. Uh, that's only one expression of an album. Right. But I, I found it fun that this was a country concept album. Yeah. Um, so it's not of the usual mold. And, and in some ways, it's sort of like a musical. Because yes. there are these recurring themes. There's a clear narrator. Uh, right. There's 
characters, etc., and a plot of sorts. No question. No <laughs> Again, question. The hole I was talking about before was the big plot hole um, that that we'll get to in terms of just like what I want it to be as a satisfying story, beginning yeah. to end. I, okay. I, I want some redemption from the guy. That's all. You know, I, I don't from the guy or. From the redheaded stranger, I want him. You want some 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 apology, uh, right? atonement, atonement. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. In that way, that's what I meant before when I said that this story is not necessarily aged well. Yes. In the you know in the current environment, um, this but, is a tale of toxic masculinity. But it's also a <laughs> western. Yes. And it's deliberately a western. Yes. And it's and it is a it, story that abides by the mores of western culture, at yeah. least as interpreted through Willie Nelson. And yeah. so by the, in that standard. Okay, you just sort of let it be what it is and, yeah. and see it in its whole wholeness. But the, the other thing that I think that's a hoot about this being a concept album is it's not his first. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He had done other country concept albums before. Yeah. And so this is one where he felt like, like you say, there was this story, yeah. a, a thread that he had kind of made up songs and it with, you know, as lullabies and his wife uh, kind of goaded him along to say like, this is great. And so he filled it in with other songs by other songwriters. Right. And that's why I feel like that, I feel like that's interesting to touch on hmm. because especially with the album mm-hmm. as an edifice, I, too many people are obsessed with the fact that the artist that produced the album has to write everything and it has to be complete master control of every single element. Sure. And I think the Beatles kind of helped really kick that era off. Yeah. Like they right. wrote all their stuff. They sang all their stuff. It's all their stuff, their yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I feel like rock and roll and pop music has, well, pop, not as much, but rock and roll, the identity of a band or an artist uh, kind of carried that forward. Mm-hmm. Country is a little bit more open. They, they have a little bit more of a traditional mindset. Pop too. Pop too. Yep. Uh, pop and, and pop often uses scads of songwriters. Just right. look at the songwriter credits for any song you hear on the radio today. Eight or nine. Yeah. Um, but country really is comfortable drawing from tradition. And again, Willie Nelson doesn't need the credibility that comes from writing every song in this record. Right. He is a part of the ongoing river of country music, and he, as is part of the, I feel like much more accepted in country than in rock and pop. Yeah. Pulling for stuff. I mean, Wagon Wheel is a hit right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the radio, on country radio, you'll hear some new version of Wagon Wheel. Right. So I, I, I think that's interesting, especially because that expectation is so high that the artist is writing everything. But I feel like he cr- crafts a complete album out of his stuff and the, the stuff that he creates his own beautiful interpretations of. Yeah. And you could call it a cover, but I almost feel like they're interpretations. It's, it's, it's something else. It's everything through Willie's lens. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. I hadn't given that thought uh, much time. Um, I think it's a really interesting point. I do think that there is that sort of credence given to the idea that you take a piece of music and make it your own. Um, I think that exists in rock. But well, covers certain, are very popular. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. But it, but it is an offering that is specifically meant as a cover, uh, where that's it, right. It's a tribute to build on to sort of associate themselves with that band. We're gonna do a cover tune. And we, we're gonna we choose we, we affirm the values of this other band through the covers that we choose. Right. We we build our own identity through the covers that we choose. That's that, what, that's, that's how it's styled in rock. Yes. Whereas Willie Nelson, I feel like, is more of a curator. Yes. Well, certainly on this album. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, as I've admitted, I, I need to know more of his catalog better. But, but I was surprised to read that there were covers on this album, but I didn't even give it 
it didn't work the way I just described in a rock album. That's right. I just thought, oh, all right. So he's using, okay. Yeah. Got it's it. It's, this is country. So yeah. All right. Part of the album. Right. It's not like, here's my presentation of said song by other artists. Right. Versions. I suppose I might've been a little surprised um, and tiptoeing over towards disappointment in, in that the title track was not written by him. <laughs> but, um, but that's just probably me. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. But again, he's picking up the story that he knows. That's and, right. And telling it That's in right. the classic balladeer uh, style. Yes. It's very Troubadour. much a balladeer story. Troubadour style. The, yeah. the wanderer, a stranger himself, who comes around and tells these stories and relates their folklore. Yeah. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder in his heart of hearts, if you asked him if he'd tell you for sure or not, if he realized the promise that he was making to himself. With this album and, <laughs> and how much it would just define what had, you know, previously it seems to me been a slowly but steadily evolving character or persona yeah. um, that would s sort of get locked into this. I don't think he minds, but I wonder if he knew the promise he was making when he, when he recorded this album. Well, the album cover is just a picture of him. Right. With his clear red hair. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I have a suspicion that he might. Um, but I'd love to know for sure. Yeah. 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 I know there's so much to unpack here. Should we start walking through tracks? Yeah. Why not? Is it, we have, do you have any other thoughts about in general? Like, as a... Um, no, I think I, I think those were my major reactions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the fact that it is a story. Uh, it is a, uh, a curation of country music, but it's also a performance of a band. Yeah. In the way that I feel like any rock record is, you know, this is came out the same year as I think Houses of the Holy. Yep, it did. <laughs> and uh, that is such a, like, hubris-driven rock statement. Pure and, ego. Yeah, and I feel like this is not quite on that same level, but it's like, this is my band. Yeah. Uh, and it's done all to tape. Yeah. There's no click track. Right. There's no grid. Right. There's no... You can hear them breathing. You can hear them breathing and you hear, you hear the room. You can hear stools creak. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just them and his band just laying it down. So yeah. I love that it has all those different levels to it. I, I would certainly agree uh, because they are gorgeous and the way they enhance each other and, and the timing uh, is beautiful. But I also think this is this album, my last thought before we go track by track, is that this album is a real tribute to just the power of a singer and an instrument. And the, um, it's also true, you know, the, the point at which it becomes not surprising that it's his 18th album is when you start to listen to that voice. Yes. And the power, I mean, people talk about a voice being an instrument. His is quite literally tuned as an instrument, like a, like a piano. Yes. Um, that, ha that you can just feather touch a note and it'll ring out. Or you can pound that note and it'll ring out. And he is in such extraordinary control. Um, vibrato right when he needs it. And, and, and he remains that way. I should mention this is sort of becoming uh, half a Teatro uh, <laughs> episode. But he remains that way on Teatro. But it's shocking here. Because still it's there. less produced. It's more pure. Uh, it's just... Uh, this is why they thought it was a demo. Because for long stretches... It's just him and his guitar, Oof. and what a powerful thing that can be. Yeah, um, and I think he still has it. I saw him yeah. at New Orleans Jazz Fest three years ago oh, playing yeah. Trigger yeah. Uh, with a bass harmonica, bass and drums. Yeah, It was really stripped down and really great, and he still sounds great. We should quickly talk about Trigger, I guess, 
just in case anybody doesn't know, that, that Willie Nelson has quite literally used the same guitar. He's got a doctor for it, <laughs> and, they, and they've sort of rebuilt it. But there's a big gaping hole in it. Where the pick has scraped through. And I think he was saying in that video that you had sent me that he had sort of busted his guitar, and he was had a gig, and he just like went across the street to a shop and picked Trigger out. It's a classical guitar. It's not a um, regular yeah. six-string. And uh, which I always love the sound of those. Me too. And um, inspired by Django Reinhardt, like that, that's, that's right. That's yeah. what he was interested in. That's right. Uh, and I love that because uh, again, it just shows his taste. And it does have a bit of a gypsy sound. And he's he has a gypsy wanderer vibe. Again, redheaded stranger, right? Fits right in. And you hear it played to such beautiful effect on this record. All right. So yes. Track by track. Let's go. I want to even pause for a minute. Track by track. Time, okay. Time, um, time of the preacher. I find the intro to this record very funny. Again, I'm a big fan of first moments. Yeah. Uh, and setting the scene, the curtain rising on what you're going to do. And it's this. Which I feel like is humorous because it's almost very prog rock. Yeah. Like from the top, he does this weird kind of chord progression. It, rem- it reminds me of Tommy. It, exactly. <laughs> it's really close to the beginning of Tommy. It boom, is. Boom, it is. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Boom, boom. And it's a statement that he doesn't make again the entire record. Right. It just sits there right at the beginning. It's just like, here's your prog rock intro, and now yeah. it's Willie and his guitar. Uh, and so I wanted to, I was going to do that, that intro tune over the. Um, intro of the show so yeah. i learned the little chord progression at the beginning and there's something really funny about it tell me it's the chords for the open strings on the guitar wow so which i just think is hilarious it's the it's the chords related to the string the open strings on the guitar wow so like why would he do that and, yeah. I, and I feel like that's such a like little inside baseball joke um well he's i mean He's setting the stage beautifully, right? He's been given total creative control. He's about to do exactly what he wants for the first time after 18 plus albums and and songs of of working in some respects for other people. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the, you know, facility of hindsight right now. We know what a tremendous artist he is. So this is his first opportunity to just blossom. And he sets a blank page for this literary story. An open chord, basically. An open chord, yeah. uh, uh, articulated, which yeah. I, I love. I oh, God, love yeah, that's beautiful. that thought. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Yeah. It's just like, man and his guitar, here yeah. are the chords that go with the strings. I'm just going to... It's my opening uh, fanfare. Yeah. And what then... Are, almost makes... So what are the pieces of an open heart, right? Oh, nice. Right. It's all these very open harmonies. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then into Time of the Preacher, yep. the balladeer comes forward. And sort of lays it out for us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, story-wise. And right away, a beautiful vocal performance, a beautiful guitar performance. Yeah. Just him naked, him and his guitar, balladeer, yep. Yep. Uh, drawing the crowd in. And then the rest of the band comes in. Yep. Is that and harmonica the first thing in with yeah. the, the howled like a panther? Yes. So good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, all, it's like the border of corny, but it just it works <sighs> so beautifully well. Because it's such a perfect performance. If I pitched the idea to you, you wouldn't like You'd be it. You're like, ah, oh, come in. Come in, you just can't. like a panther. <laughs> <laughs> like, now let's try something else. 
And then and everybody gorgeous. else comes in on the one. There's no count. They're right. just like, poof, in. Yeah. And they're in rhythm and feeling great and yep. swinging. Yep. Uh, and it's Willie just sort of laying it down. Gorgeous. <laughs> Painting the picture. And uh, sets, you know, a tale as old as time. So he's sort of telling us what's going on, but there's nobody who doesn't know the story. Yeah. Right? That, he, that he's telling. Right. Um, nobody who's been a kid or, or heard any kind of... They say there's only, what, 22 different kinds of stories, right? This is the number one. Yep. Um, Brokenhearted, for jealous, better or for worse. Jealousy yeah. is a bitch, yeah. uh, is I think right. the thesis statement right. here. I, ha- a man that was happy <laughs> now has been wrong. <laughs> yes. Right? In love. Right. Yeah. And uh, overreacts. How right. about uh, <laughs> right. He does. I mean, I'm going to just go out there and say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overreach. He, he overreacts. Yes. The, the reaction not commensurate with the... <laughs> Action. Uh, but I loved Couldn't Believe It Was True. Yeah. I, the next tune. I mean, I don't want to breeze past Time of the Preacher, but I feel like we, we repeat that theme. Yep. We know what it is. Yep. And it does a beautiful job of just getting us ready for what we're going to hear. And it hasn't dropped into the minor key yet. Right? No, That's right. the third time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And Sorry. Then I, I couldn't believe Spoiler it was true. Alert. No. Oh, hey. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, he, the, the, it's a jam. It's it's a good feeling tune, but it also gets the point across. It's a bit of a blues. Uh, it it has some energy to it. It it's 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 also a bit of a country hoedown. Tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which we get more of on side two. Um, mm-hmm. But side one, it's a kind of a rarity for. And I would say that this is a bit of a. Uh, I would say it's a bit of a mirror to Down Yonder, the piano solo yes. kind of jam, right? Over the waves and Down Yonder. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So it's it's putting in there for the first time something that you you hear in a different context later yeah. on. And this also is an opportunity as a story listener, as an audience member, where your mind just starts to plant in these images Yeah. that I don't even know... You know, I never... I mean, I guess I've seen a bunch of Westerns, so I sort of pick some general themes of those Westerns, and I just sort of see different images and different people, and, um, you know, it just allows you this space to kind of react to it, which is something that um, a lot of good kinds of visual and narrative art do. Yes. That music uh, certainly can do, but doesn't always do. A lot of, you know, a lot of bands won't let you alone without lyrics for long stretches like this. <laughs> oh, and I love that about this yeah, record. There yeah, are me so too. many, as you can hear me hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many wonderful instrumental moments. I mean, yeah. just the band laying it down. And yeah. you're right, very early on yes. in the record. Yeah. They, it, they, it is given over to just instrumental performance. Yeah. There's a time warp that happens with this album. It's so short. It's 34 minutes. But, but it, you're right. It's it, like a TARDIS. It really, <laughs> yeah. It really takes up time. Yeah. Um, as an adult, time feels very different to me than it did as a kid. Yes. And, uh, you know, every hour of every day, as a parent, time feels different oh, to yes. me than it, than it did before I was a parent. Every second and, is um, minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similar to when my son was born, I used to describe the feeling of those days uh, for my wife and I as uh, every day feels like two days, yes. but every week feels like 10 minutes. Uh, and this album kind of 
eh, maybe reverse that, but but similarly played tricks with my mind. Yeah. Um, as it just seemed to take me to places that it would it should take more than a half an hour to go to. That's beautifully yeah. stated. Yeah. It's, it's it's gorgeous. It goes. It makes a long journey in such a short time and yeah. paints a tremendous mental picture. A personal journey. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a host. Uh, to his audience in this. Yeah. 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 He was like, sit down. Right. Get comfortable. Yeah. F- campfire's going. I'm going to spin this yarn. Yeah. Again, gonna... the roots of this album are uh, him singing lullabies to his children. Yeah. And I'm going to get you through yeah. to the end. Yeah. I'm going to take you to sleep. And I... <laughs> <laughs> now this album... Thinking about killing that. people. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. How is Whoever that possible? We're trying to touch your horse. <laughs> I was thinking about how like, man, I wish... I could have Willie Nelson sing me lullabies, but then again, I was like, I don't know. Maybe as a kid, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Shotgun Willie. <laughs> Never had a good night's sleep in my life. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Blue Eyes cl- Crying in the Rain. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, Can't oh, Believe It Was True uh, gives over to Time of the Preacher theme. Uh, with, so, this is where it really drops the hammer and says, the Time of the Preacher. Uh, the first time you hear it, it's like the lesson's begun. Yeah. And then time of the preacher. This time, the killing's begun. Yeah. He's laying it down. Yeah. He's like, heads up. He's out of control. This is where we're going. And we start to flip-flop between the character singing, you know, time of the preacher's the narrator, and we yeah. also get the, I couldn't believe it was true. So we start to trade off Yeah. Uh, that narrator character. Yep. So we're sort of in and out of the story, and it sort of gently rocks you back and forth, these two perspectives. Yeah, exactly. The narrator the and the redheaded stranger. Yeah. It's really cradling. Are kind of flip-flop between the two and swinging around. Yep. Yeah. And so I don't want to skip over Blue Rock Mountain and Redheaded Stranger because that... It's the, you know, don't, don't fight him, don't spite him. Yeah. Which, when you hear it the second time around, it's just like, a, it, it has a little bit of that sort of country sing-along kind of vibe. Sure. And it doesn't have that the first time. Right. It is beautifully sparse, beautifully understated. The pacing is just perfect. Yeah. He's not too fast. He's not too slow. It's just him giving it all to the microphone yeah giving it all to this record yeah in a, such a beautiful subtle patient way and i feel like that's something that should be celebrated so much music so many records especially nowadays are just this inundation of sound yes. and, and everything's been squashed mm-hmm. so that uh everything has the same level of dynamics and it's wonderful to hear a song like this and hear just a man and his guitar yeah slowly kind of stringing you along through this story towards this inevitable, horrible <laughs> conclusion. Died with the smiles on their faces. Right. He doesn't doesn't overplay it. They're dead before we know they're yeah. dead. Yeah. They're dead before we know, and right. they're dead before they know. Yeah. It's blind rage. Yeah. Um, but blind rage never sounded... I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's hard to care that he did what he did because it's presented so beautifully. It's true. And there's the, you know, the dramatic sort of justification in the fact that he was scorned and cheated on and, you know, 
Again, jealousy's a bitch. Right. <laughs> and it's a it's a traditional Western romance. You know, this these are the types of things that happen there. These are the conceits of those stories. So And this is not a man who has any capacity to communicate his feelings. Right. He has he can only process them through anger and defensiveness and territorialness and all the stuff that feeds jealousy. That's true. So he can only act. So far. So far. Yep. So far. So far. And so that's what we see. And we'll see that again. Yep. But uh, yeah. I love the fact that he's so understated with it. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't... He doesn't judge. Build, and he, he doesn't judge, and he doesn't belabor the act. Right. He says... It's you, plot. It is. Yeah. But it's done in a song that's as beautiful as anything else on the record. So it could be a cursory plot point, but it's couched in a gorgeous piece of music. Well, I don't think it's a cursory plot point, but it's, <laughs> it's but kind it's, of the most important. It's it's a it's a key plot he point. Can't quite get over it. Um, yeah, yeah, I right. Um, so though he is not made whole by his actions, as redheaded strangers rarely are. Clearly, yeah. And as he continues to dwell over it over the entire ensuing song, "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain." Yep. Which uh, is one of the songs from Willie I've known for a long time. It was a hit off this record. Yeah. Even though it's not written by him, it's one of his the 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 curated songs from a previous era. Yeah. Uh, credited to Fred Rose. Right. And just a beautiful piece of music. Oh man, we were gonna do that for the cover, but I think we're gonna try something else. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it would be just as as valid. Um, because it is within a very specific plot and very specific story, it is a universal um, perspective, right? We've all been there. Yeah. Um, whether or not we've shot anybody, <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've been to that uh, place of loss and longing and clear memory. Taken outside the narrative, yeah, we can which go. which is sort of given a very um, despondent treatment in this song, but which is given a very optimistic treatment, mirroring uh, or or sort of inverting itself later on in the album. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so. And, and can I sleep in your arms tonight? Um, in, in remember me. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. really interesting. I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. So, me so blue eyes crying in the rain is this memory of, of sort of seeing this person and, and the loss and how the absence just is killing him. Oh. Whereas remember me, which is now I think they're penultimate on, on their albums, right? Oh, more or less. Uh, Cause there's redheaded stranger well, and time in the, of the they, preacher. Right. In a similar spot. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar placement within the two sides. And Remember Me is this sort of optimistic, very happy, um, you know, I don't know who he's talking to because he's killed everybody that might feel this way as far as I know. Yeah. But um, he's saying, you know, uh, we're apart, but, you know, if you've got a piece of memory of me, that's all I need to know that, you know, those times were good or that, you know, to, feel, right. to feel good about you. If you ever remember me in a positive way. So it's just inversion of that sort of longing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me at all. That's beautiful. Well, it's Willie. Yeah. And he's in there, but you observed it. Well, thank you. Wow. Fresh ears. <laughs> Great. And again, lots of beautiful trigger hand picking guitar. Yeah. I oh. love Willie's style. It's a clear, distinct style. Trigger has 
a very clear, distinct sound. There is another guitarist on the record, and you can tell when he does that solo in... Uh, 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 uh. Is it the electric? Yeah, over yeah. the waves. I think it is. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's. Um, yeah, it is over the waves. Exactly. He. Uh, it's it's clearly not Willie. Uh, waltz, but right? yeah, Willie yeah. plays all kinds of other beautiful pieces. Oh no no. It's not Willie. It's, uh... I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. Anyway, Fair. brain fart because I'm in the moment. I just I just love the sound of this guitar. And and he does he gets a lot of mileage at it out of it and he's not showy, no. Mm-hmm. But I cannot imagine the challenge. Like I had emailed or texted you, like are we, are you gonna try to play? I mean, it's it seems to part. me I don't I don't play guitar very well, but it seems to me remarkably intimidatingly um, intricate and gorgeous playing. Well, there's two guitars there. There's the one doing the kind of foundation oompa doom 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 yeah. and then he comes over with the boo doo doo doo. Yeah. And it's so similar. His playing is so similar to his voice, the power and the and the nuance and the sort of dexterity of oh, his that's voice. Interesting. Yes. To me are perfectly married to the dexterity of his playing. But also the the plainness of it, the non-fussiness. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, he... and the cle- and the cleanliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the notes are so clean. Yeah, um, and even in the same register, like in the same um, frequency spectrum. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. All right, redheaded stranger. So here's where we get an experience of the laws of the old west. I was not aware of this law. I don't know if it's still a law. But that I you think can shoot somebody for touching for their touching your horse. Try, well, for trying to steal. Trying it. to steal your horse. Yeah, I mean, I think is that still in the books? Well, I don't. It could be a blue law. Yeah. Could be one of the that they just haven't blue. bothered to change because they're too busy with other. That's right. Like yeah. I don't know if you know this, but if you uh, catch a man from Rhode Island in your front yard here in Massachusetts, you can shoot him. I will be up late tonight, <laughs> waiting in my front yard. Uh, I think you can also, and I uh, I frequently threaten our three year old who doesn't understand this um, with this. But if you have an unruly teenager. Oh. You can leave them at the state house steps and they will become a ward of the state. Really? Yeah. Unruly. Yeah. By whose classification? Yeah, there, see, that's... Well, do see, they that's, spell that out? That's what I think we're talking about here with this touching a horse and stealing a horse. I think... <clears throat> uh, Gray area. I, I don't want to take it to a Me Too place, not a Me Too place, but a women's uh, rights place, but I think that this was a misogynistic uh, law, statement that he's saying, like, you can't try a man for... Claiming a woman was trying to steal his horse. I don't think it's. He an doesn't say woman. I really think that it's a principal thing. And never put your hands on the bay, on his bay. But he's. I think he, he kills a woman. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. But I think the principal. And again, I'm a. You know, I am. I'm a huge ally and uh, believe women. But I also assert. Because I thought about this and I listened to the to the lyrics very carefully. Okay, <laughs> it is a principle that you don't fuck with another man's horse. That's not to say that he, as a character, had the psychology of a no woman will take the place of my old woman. Right. So there's clearly some gender related bias going on in his decision making, and he sees another woman that maybe reminds him of his woman, and he's again pained uh, by the pain yeah. of, that he experienced yeah. from. His previous love. Yeah. So uh, it's not to say that there that, that gender does not play a part in this, but I still feel like there's a principle there, like an Old West principle, you don't touch another man's horse. 
Well, that may be. Or in this case, it's his principle. Like, never lay your hands on it. It is bed. his. But I think, <laughs> I, think he, I think it's spelled out that that bay was his old wife's horse. Totally. Yeah. So it and, has and what he, an oversized significance. Right. But, but it does say uh, towards the end that you can't hang a man for killing a woman who's trying to steal your killing horse. Killing a woman who's... Yeah. He does call out the gender. I think, I think he's just saying, like, Fuck you, nobody bitch. would touch him because he was a man who shot her and then lied and said she was trying to steal my horse. Yeah. And uh, he did it because she t- because he had this irrational reaction, don't touch my wife's horse, Yes. touch anything in the world, but not that bay, which is this weird thing, which I think Willie references at one point, um, that no one could know something. He says something about that. No one could know that that was the bay that his wife this was... This is well, right when he was still her wife. But I, I right. mean, again... That it's <laughs> he killed her. Yes. So he's it, it, it. It's not to say that he has a leg to stand on for a second. No, no, no. But no. I think it's fun to kind of parse the what what are the intents of this principle and what does it really mean. And I totally buy the position that this is like this is a misogynistic gesture. Yes. I, and so I was trying to yeah to kind of figure that out for myself. Yep. Either way, you slice it. He's, uh, yeah, going beyond the pale. And it makes <laughs> yeah. me think, like, what is Willie saying? What's he saying about the Old West? Right. Uh, what is he saying about the, I mean, like, I look at it now. Redheaded Stranger is a cover. Right. A cover. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not his song. No. But it became so his it, personality. It, but it became his, per- I mean, holy shit, Willie. Yeah. What the hell, dog? Yeah. Um, so it's again, it's it's the crux of the story that he's trying to pass on, and so I feel like more than anything else, it's just a gesture of like how far this person has gone, mm-hmm. um, how and how he lives in a society that allows this kind of behavior and hand waves it away. Probably, like you say, probably because it's a woman. Yeah. If it was, if he shot, if there was a man who, yeah. who touched his horse, maybe he would have had some sort of justice applied yeah. to him. Yeah. But because it was a woman, probably not. Right. Um, and but that I, was an acceptable loss. But oh, I, like she should have known. But I do think from a narrative perspective, this murder and the timing of it and placement on the record and everything serves to sort of take us to the darkest place of the redheaded stranger. Darkest place. So he's had a justifiable murder and now he's had basically like an asshole murder. Yeah, right. Uh, and and <laughs> an asshole murder. Well, you know. And that's just like, yeah, that the psychological ter- term for like enough murder. Yeah. Stop. So he's got a now, he's got us now sort of, we've developed some sympathy for this guy, but now we're, we're pushed away from him. Right. And we got to flip that record. Yeah. And, and, and see where it goes from there. Yeah. And, and I, I, um, I feel like an important part of depicting like the environment that this story takes place in yeah. is that recurring hope of like, Maybe he'll just go away. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 this is a, a occurrence that occur that happens. These people come through and they're dealing with Yeah, I mean, what is stuff. he, is he sort of speaking to the anger that we carry or the, the hard feelings that we carry? Is he trying to like, you know, evoke some sort of, uh, wait for the weather to pass kind of idea here? Well, I think that he's trying to say that there are people who are, innocents who are caught in the crossfire of other people's emotions and you 
the best you can do is hope that they don't cross your path. Hmm. And this woman crossed the path of a bad man and paid the ultimate price. Yep. And so it, to me, adds so much to that Old West feeling. Yeah, no question. That you're just like, close the shutters. It's not modern. We're we're not (laughs) hoping for that anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he, he moves on and the, the time of the preacher theme comes back again and has time for the instruments. Right. Uh, there's a bit of a Willie performance in there. There's, it's a bit of a musical break. And then Just As I Am yeah. is a gorgeous, unbelievable, gorgeous piece of music. I, I want to take this opportunity to take a pause and celebrate how much the piano is featured on this record. Uh, I feel like piano, especially in the 70s, got short shrift. Mm -hmm. There were pianists that were very big, Mm -hmm. but uh, everything was going electric and electronic. Uh, And it's wonderful to hear this piano player, Bobby Nelson, kind of laying it down. And how Willie takes this opportunity to just sort of step aside and let the band carry you through to the record side flip. Yeah. Again, one of those opportunities for you to start to substitute your own version of this film that's happening in your head. You know, one of these gorgeous moments. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful performance. Uh, it's very low key. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also very deliberate. It's not just filler. There's no need to put filler in here. I really do feel like it's Willie stepping aside and featuring his band. There's a wonderful interplay between the piano and the harmonica. I love that bass harmonica. It's mm. like low and guttural and, and fills in so much. And he still uses it to this day. It's all over teatro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so I think that was always a really interesting musical choice that you don't hear a lot of people making. But I, I find it interesting that Willie has used it in so many different contexts that, that he had a harmonica player with him when I saw him at Jazz Fest hmm. in the same lower register for the most part, wow. filling in the meat of the low to mids yeah. to fill out the arrangement, make it yeah. feel fatter. Makes me feel, I uh, think of morphine. Yeah, it plays a similar role to this, the sax. Yeah, that bass sax. And a lot of morphine stuff. Yeah. And it's not something that you hear very much. Right. Morphine so, is a practically unique sound. I mean, you yeah. Know, you never are like, who's this? Right. It's like every <laughs> single time. And that's Sandman and his bass playing. And, right. Uh, I know, I thought about morphine albums to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Ooh. The night. But anyway... Uh, we're carried over to the end of side one. Yeah. And then you flip. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a reboot. Yeah. Denver. We pour, we pour a little more whiskey. Yeah. We flip the album over. Pour a little more whiskey. Say, you know, everyone takes their nature pee. Yeah. And it's time for Denver. And it's time for really the, the arc of the story on side one goes down. Yeah. Down to the right. Yeah. And then side two goes sort of up and to the right. Yeah. And so it's the mirror image of side one. Right. And for a while, I was sort of struggling with it because I felt like... Un- it was unearned? N- well, that, I still feel that. Yeah. Oh, the love of a good woman and starting over is Got really what cheers everybody. It's fishing. I always wanted to write that final time of the preacher theme. It's time of the preacher <laughs> and the cops had arrived. <laughs> he went to prison doing 22 life. <laughs> He spoke to his lover on the prison phone because he's been there so long that we invented them. <laughs> End of record. Uh, so ideally, there would have been some redemption 
Yeah. I mean, he has redemption, but it's unearned redemption. Right. Atonement, you said before. Atonement. Yeah. Some sort of like, I was wrong. My decisions were wrong. My, you know, I did a horrible thing. I did so various horrible things. I think what happens is that happens in Can I Sleep in Your Arms Tonight? I think he... Yeah. I think, I think that's in it as much of a vulnerability um, and a bearing of his soul as any character from that time frame who's of a piece of that world <laughs> and again, would ever go through. <laughs> so it's meant to, that's yeah. where the atonement is. He's submitted. He's asking permission. Now he's, So he's killed two women. Right. Now he's literally asking permission to sleep next to them. That's a great... Right, That's so so it's there, but yeah. it's very masked, and as I said a couple times, has has not aged well. Again, has no language for his emotions. No, many no. men don't have any language for their emotions. Don't know how to say anything they feel. They just right. you know hit stuff. Right, but uh, isn't that why he yeah has built the following? Uh, it's built because, <laughs> because people identify with that an ability yeah. to like I can't express it. I just want to hurt and hit and right. and ow. Right. Um, I so, think there's more atonement on Teatro. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, because Willie's capable of it, and he is a songwriter that is capable of that sort of subtlety and vulnerability, yeah. which is, I feel like, at the, at the heart of atonement is vulnerability. And the you, world moved that way. Yeah, right. And he, he reflects that. Yes, But he does. the world was not there uh, in no. 75, and it certainly <laughs> wasn't there in 01 yeah. when this story <laughs> takes place. Exactly. <laughs> so really, don't shoot the messenger. Right. <laughs> We'll appreciate that. Yeah, but we here we are in Denver. Yeah, uh, and it seems like a new beginning for our for our hero. Yep, our anti-hero. Yep, Denver is a city. Is that the first sort of city on the on the Gold Rush Trail? Sort of. Oh, interesting. Is that the first? I'm sure it was a hub. Yeah, an that. opportunity, right? The the yeah. first sort of stopping point when you'd be trying to forge a new life when you'd be leaving where you had left you'd be leaving the plains you'd be going for gold and yep right so so this is uh, heading west yeah heading west and, yeah. and trying to change that perspective for that first side interesting so a transitional place yeah. so you see people of different places coming to and fro again it's a, probably a hub of the railroad at the yeah. time and everything it's the furthest east big city of the west yeah right yeah. I mean is that fair to say <laughs> I think so yeah so you can make a t-shirt out of that. Truck. <laughs> uh, and so he meets someone new and they, and they dance. Yeah. And, and they dance with the smiles on their faces. So we have this direct echo of uh, early in the record. Yes. Right? The same, same chords. Same progression, same, same lyrics, progression. but the inversion where Different instead context. of being murdered, there's a, a kindling. <laughs> something, something ending, there's something, something beginning. beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, it's gorgeous, and and again echoing the same theme of like two lovers, mm -hmm. but yeah, instead of the ending of that love, the beginning, the of beginning that love, the of sparking that love. of it. Yep, and uh, a nice little instrumental break there to help to help picture that. Um, two instrumental breaks, right? <laughs> yeah, meaning over the waves and the... down and down yonder, right? Two tracks, two short tracks that are not terribly related. Yeah. But just you are reeling through the music of their romance. Yes. Um, and they go from meeting uh, these two instrumentals that, as I say, they're wildly disparate, mm -hmm. right? They don't sound like each other. It's not a medley. 
In the first side, it's called a medley. Yes. In the second side, they are two different things. Very deliberately separate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Down yonder. Yeah. The uh, the piano, uh, right? Tour de force. Yeah. Quality, but if there's anything I don't like on the album, it's that brief period of time because it just feels, you know, like it it plays with the through line a little bit and it, it it just goes one verse too long yes i really wanted it to further elevate and as a as a piano player i love nothing better than a piano feature yeah. on a record yeah and you just don't get it that much and he's awesome and the band is tight and it's a super wicked hoedown yeah but i really wanted it to elevate one more time where it that that last verse there was a little bit more piano pyrotechnics because I know that he's capable of it. I know that it's in there. Yeah. And I'm sure there was just an editorial decision yeah. by Willie to just be like, we're going to, this is a jam. It, it, it fills a certain place in the record. And <laughs> I have my own theory about which what is, that is. Um, which so is, think about where it comes between Denver <laughs> and I sleep in your arms. Right. Or between Over the Waves. There. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, we also find it hilarious that the fucking music is Oh my god. You know, it doesn't make me want to, but I think it is what they were doing. <laughs> but I was only born in 74, so what do I know? So I don't know what, what it was like in 75. Yeah. <laughs> How things worked at the time. Yeah. Maybe I have a different Im- image. I expect a little bit more of a disco beats, Lion of the Family Stone kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is the way he took it, and that's fine. And yeah. yes, it's very exciting. Uh, but of course, I'm only half joking. But I c- can't help but not be half joking because I sort of feel like that that's what Willie's getting at. And uh, can I, as a side question, you, you play a lot of different instruments. A few. Um, and all very well. Uh, and so I'm, I've had this conversation before with friends. I, I'm of the assertion that for what it's worth, which is very little, piano is a more expressive instrument than any other because I feel that you can create a wider and more intricate sound um, and there's a, a wider range of sort of imagery I get from piano playing than perhaps any other instrument. Interesting. Are you, uh, what's your first reaction? I'm just sort of hitting you with that question. It's a big one, I know. Oh, this is fun. I could talk about this for a whole other hour. Yeah. It depends on what you mean by expressive. Yeah. But I, 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 I think I understand what you're getting at. Yeah. Because the piano has all, has 88 notes, so I'm not going to say all, but mm-hmm. on the 12-tone scale, between very low and very high, mm-hmm. every single one of them is immediately accessible. Right. And at, at various, uh, you know... Um, a good piano is yeah. beautifully expressive. Yes. Infinite dynamics between yes. the, 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 the strike velocity of different notes. Yeah. You can and obviously use. a guitar is infinitely dynamic as well. But, but there's just less there's there. less. It's narrower. Yeah. It's narrower and you can't play as many voices on the guitar right. at once. You have all ten fingers yeah. that you can apply yes. to individual notes on the piano. So you can have one hand way down on the low end and another hand way up on the high end so you hear the entire spectrum of frequencies from yes. low to high. These are exactly the things I'm thinking of when, yeah. I, when I make that comment. Yeah. yeah. And so you can play with that whole yeah. region. And I You're, spent a lot of years having a lot of fun doing improv shows playing yes. with what felt 
like what in different areas of the frequency range and what kind of emotions could you get across with different expressions on the piano? Yeah. The expressiveness on the guitar is a different thing and guitars and stringed instruments like the guitar have their the fretted instruments have their own quality that the piano does not have right. that I feel like is expressiveness in a whole other dimension, which is the ability to bend notes yeah. uh, and slide yep. and go in between slur things. Yep. The piano is very regimented. You know, it's half steps. There's no way to bend in between and create that sort of, oh, yeah. which I feel like is really key to a lot of different styles, rock and jazz and yeah. pop and anything blues-based yeah. being among them. Yeah. So you hear a lot of trills and stuff, and, and the, the, the piano on Redheaded Stranger does a lot of the beautiful kind of trills and things that are uh, part of the country style, blues-based country style, because you're trying to get at what a guitar does natively, which mm. is... Yeah. Yeah. And just getting that guttural, pre-verbal lizard brain... Ugh. There's a texture to the sound that you can create with a guitar that is not accessible from a piano. That's right. Yeah. So the piano has many dimensions of, yeah. of quality, and, and it's as a, to like to play a show where I might be challenged to do a bunch of different styles and be as versatile as possible. There's no question that the yeah. piano is the right instrument. Yeah. And I still think the piano is a wonderful foundational instrument for understanding musicality, musicianship, music theory. Right. Learn any other instrument, but know a little piano. That's right. Uh, I was made to start with piano. I didn't yeah. had, had no interest, but I played years of piano just because that was, you know, yep. a step toward. And I, I would not be, uh, you know, all I can really do is sing, but I wouldn't be able to do that without piano. Right, exactly. Yeah. To have some facility of that vocabulary. Right, exactly. It's like two years of Spanish, so yeah. you can go and converse a yes. little bit. Uh, but the, again, the guitar, the bass, the violin, um, all have that ability to bend. That's what. That's one of the core uses of the harmonica on this record yeah. is to do those sort of like oh, in between kind of guttural things that make you feel sad yeah. the uh pedal steel guitar that you hear in many country records and was even surprisingly missing from this record but it's such a cliche part totally. of country music that sort of weepy yep. guitar what is it doing it's sliding all around right and there's something about that that i think that is really core to a level of expressiveness that is with human emotion. Uh, so the piano does a lot of big uh, arrangement-y things. Yeah. But again, I would say like the guitar, there's nothing more expressive than a beautifully played guitar with a player that can bend and have that right sort of dynamics. You really hear that finger dynamics. That's the other thing. Fingers on strings. Yeah. You hear the fingers on strings. When you play the piano, there's a few levels removed. That's you right. Know? There's many things You have happening. hammers and other stuff in there. Levers that, and, ha yeah, and yeah, keys yeah. and hammers and, and then you get the sound. Yeah. Right, exactly. So yeah. that that's a difference too. And yeah. again, I... I love playing both yeah, because yeah. they have their own expressiveness. You can you do be them. a whole band on a piano and you can't be a whole band on a guitar. You play them both very well. Well, that's very kind of you. As does Willie. Yes, he does. And, and he I'm takes us through uh, three last pieces of the narrative here. Wow. That are um, just mammoth. Uh, Such an incredible one, two, three punch for yep. so late in a record. Yep. And here we are, what deep into this podcast, and you've got to keep your energy and attention going because this is the TARDIS of this record. You've yes. been through a long journey, but then you're going to get three of the most beautiful songs in a row that you can think of. And, um, you know, perfect for this record and tie in perfectly with what he's trying to do. Yeah. Can I sleep in your arms, as we've briefly talked about, is, is whatever atonement we're going to get. It's yeah. his submission. It's his 
personal redemption, even if he hasn't really done anything outwardly to, toward us as an audience or anybody else. He's, you know, um, accepted himself and he's sort of become sort of subservient. He's asked for permission in a world where, you know, ostensibly he shouldn't have to or doesn't, <laughs> didn't have to or whatever. Yeah, so you're um, mine. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. That's, that's beautiful. And this song musically... I feel like more than any other really depict that thing that we're talking about of like Willie and his guitar, like in command with his band in the studio, because you don't even know what the pace of this song is. You don't yeah. even want to know what the tempo is through the whole first verse. It's so quiet and so intimate. And the rest of the band is kind of coming in with a sound here or there. Yeah. But they, but then when you get to the second verse, you finally get the whole band in together, but it's so right here. Yep. Like the, their, his face in your face. Yes. Um, and with, it's so brief. Yeah. It's so universal, but so intimate, right? It's this universal feeling of like, I've been wrong, but now I've found a new, yeah. uh, uh, love my love. I can love again. Yeah. Right. But it's this person. I mean, he, you know, he has inhabited this person. He's earned that over on side one. <laughs> yeah. So we're hearing him. We're taken into this moment mm. of these two other people, but we obviously see our, ourselves in that. Yeah. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And wanting to be that vulnerable and wanting to have that moment with someone to be, to put your guard down yeah. and be yourself with them. God, what's more precious than that? Yeah. 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 To ask permission and to be heard, to be told yes. Right. And to, and to exactly. be able to just go, oh. Yeah. Which I suppose um, we don't actually hear that she does within the course of this song. But we feel it. But we feel it certainly with the turn to the next song. But even before then, like this song builds to such a beautiful harmonica solo. Yes. It starts so intimate, right. again, face to face, and then just grows and swells. It's five minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> it's 524. It's 524 <laughs> on, on a record where the average track is like 215. Yeah. Uh, and so it really takes its time and it really builds to something so that, but by the end of it, you know, like that great exhalation has yeah. occurred. Yeah. It's a baptism yeah. of this new person. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then remember me. Right. Sorry. So now he's sort of, <clears throat> you know, found this piece and the world is all right with him. He, he thinks out on the people. And I don't, again, I don't know who specifically the redheaded stranger is referring, is speaking to in this record besides the two women that he's killed. Um, but he is, um, of a mindset that, you know, as long as I can imagine to myself that you have fond memories of me, uh, I need little more than that. So he's found peace. Yeah. Yep. Peace, peace we all look for. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I don't know how many of us have found peace with all of our various memories of the things that are not in our lives anymore. You know, there's, there's good or bad. Yes. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can miss someone. Um, my wife and I talk a lot about how all the people that you've been with previously uh, make you who you are. And when you fall in love with someone, you, you are that person who has been affected by all those people. So there's a measure, so this whole idea that like you would be jealous of an ex or something like that is like insane because the, that ex, for better or for worse, put you to where you are and where you are is who this other person fell in love with and you are you fell in love with them. And they've been created by that series of events as well. So 
you've got to love that piece, right? And all you can hope for is that those people yeah. who spent some time with you yeah. have some memories of you that make them feel like I grew positively from that experience. Maybe it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth mentioning, too, in the age of social media, like, you know, there's this temptation uh, classically for people to, like, reach out and ask. Oh. And I think this album is very instructive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm friends with everyone. Oh, I no, no. I mean, <laughs> I, you, you're friends with who you're friends with. Yeah. But if, if you're not in touch with that person, with oh, yeah. whatever, Sometimes... like, like my best friend, uh, you know, my yeah. best friend Tom Faulkner from... Uh, uh, sixth grade or whatever the hell it was who I haven't been in touch with in, in forever and ever like maybe just sort of leave that memory there maybe don't hunt him down on yeah, yeah, Facebook yeah. to be it. like hey do you remember that because you know like the chances that you're perfectly aligned in the way you hold those memories or even that you yes. have those memories is pretty small that I definitely had experience with that yeah. where I had deep memories and like really? yeah we did we did that? Yeah, I have great relationships with a lot of oh. old friends and old exes and all that, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a measure of like wherever things are, maybe that's very subjective. Yeah. And so right, in the end we we can only hope to be a positive memory in the people who we touch. Yeah. And this is a beautiful depiction of that in song. And the redheaded stranger has found that place. Yeah. Um that Where we may not have expected it. And then Oh, and, and I should say before we go on the Please. I was talking about the other guitar player. Yeah. who played a solo on a tune, and it's this tune. Um, I think I said Over Yonder before, and that was incorrect. That was clearly Willie playing that uh, on Trigger. But this is a very much of a jazz guitar kind of sound, and it's I'm not sure who it is of the other guitar players that play on this record, right. but it's clearly not Willie, and it helps kind of reinforce the power of Willie's voice on the guitar. Uh, hands on the wheel. And here's really the sort of the thesis statement in some ways. Yeah. This is somebody who is, I mean, decades have passed in this 30-minute album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and we have felt the weight of them all. And if we hadn't so far, this song delivers them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right? Uh, it, it just gives you this guy's entire life. Right. And he has found this place, this pond, and he is... Uh, these were the lyrics that, obviously, I'm a, a, a dad of a young son, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know... In the shade of an oak down by a river sat an old man and a boy, setting sails, spinning tails, and fishing for whales with a lady they both enjoy. Yeah. Um, again, a little... Uh, <laughs> it has not aged particularly well in how they classify a lady. lady. Mom. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Uh, they both enjoy mom. Right. Yeah. But from the, from the stranger's perspective, and um, you know, if you need to stuff decades into a, a yeah. one verse, then... One line. Yeah. Then that's a way you can do then that. Then that's one way to do it. Yeah. Uh, remarkable. Um, just, you know, I won't say it brought me to tears, but it certainly um, felt like it gave me an avenue to other people's relationships with their kids. Um, you know, art, one of the many, many powerful things it can do is connect you to the perspectives of other people. Yes. Um, and my son is very small, but this is a kid who's older than that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it kind of helped me triangulate a little bit, um, 
Uh, not that I now just have a bucket list thing of sitting by a pond and fishing with Enzo, but I mean that sounds uh, okay though. Yeah, it would be fine. I, I'm not, I'm just saying I'm not specific <laughs> and playing this album. You know? <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> but uh, it connected me to their relationship and and um, in just a beautiful way. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it is. It it gives you that full perspective. You've seen the arc of time for this character. And it's such a wonderful way to kind of tie it up, tie up the story. He's had his redemption. He's lived a long life. He's earned his peace and his time under his own vine. And the last line is, I feel like I'm going home, yeah. which is a very, you know, it's a death reference. But it's also transitional, too. It's sure. It's on his way. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I took it to mean uh, that he is entering the last, the twilight uh, of his days and he will you know sort of play this out and, and soon die and that's I, what we hear in the last song really right, right. you yeah. played out on a musical on an instrumental number to yeah. kind of settle you sort in. of viking funeral musical viking funeral <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and you're left contemplating your own reactions to everything that you've heard it's like the, the credits at the end of the movie it's yeah. the end credits yeah again one of those instrumental moments where you can insert your own sort of perspective into yeah. the story that you've been given and, and featuring the band in a beautiful way in a similarly mellow way to the yep. end of side one yep not, not nothing showy nope not drawing undue attention to itself but being there to allow you to hang in that feeling for a while longer it's kind to us yeah yeah, it is. The end of the album is kind to us. It is kind to us. Yeah. Gentle, kind of, yeah, <laughs> eases you off to sleep. It's the it's lullaby. A, it's, it's really a bow. I mean, it's a theatrical bow. It's yes. like, you know, I appreciate you uh, listening. Yeah, so impeccably done. Yeah, gorgeous. Wow. So give it a listen. Pour yourself some Jack and Ice. Yeah, give it another give it listen. listen. I'll give it another listen before I move on to our next one, which I've already moved on to, let's be honest. <laughs> Because I love to kind of smear them all together and have a few things going on. Oh, good. So the next one, fast forwards, brings us up much more close to the present time. Yes. And we're going to uh, do a female artist this time, thankfully. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's really important to maintain the principle that we are even and fair about that. Yeah. We had uh, Regine and Arcade Fire on the last record. Yes, that's uh, true. You know, we were going to feature musicians. Yes. Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> Musical artists. So we're looking forward to uh, talking about Courtney Barnett's album, and you'll have to do the title for me because I don't have it committed to memory, and it's quite long. It is quite long. Uh, as our sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. You've probably heard of it. Interestingly, she's literally at the House of Blues in a week and a half. Is that right? Yes. Oh, we should go. I'm thinking maybe a road trip would be in order. That would be fantastic. Uh, really excited to talk about this record. Did we decide what we're going to pair this with? I well, think... she's Australian. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think we're going to do a couple of fat cans of Fosters. Fat cans of Fosters to go with Courtney and Barnett. Yeah. Definitely some, uh, yeah, a, a different vibe than Willie. But I think there's <laughs> some interesting uh, parallels there that we can get into. We look forward to sharing that time with you, and we thank you for listening. Thank you so much. This is record time, and we are going to see you off with our version of Hands on the Wheel. Enjoy. At a time when the world seems to be spinning hopelessly out of control. 
There's deceivers and believers And old in-betweeners That seem to have no place to go Well, it's the same old song It's right and it's wrong And living is just something I do and with no place to hide I looked in your eyes And I found myself in you I looked to the stars Tried all of the bars And I've nearly gone up in smoke Now my hand on the wheel of something that's real and I feel like I'm going home and I feel like I'm